0: Welcome to the Natural Hair Education Podcast, where we empower, educate, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. I am your host, Corinthian Carruthers II, and thank you for listening. I am a licensed beauty educator, licensed cosmetologist, and natural hair culturist. I am co-owner of Creative Hair School of Cosmetology and creator of Natural Hair Education, where I guide, teach, and coach beauty school students and professional stylists on their path towards mastering and increasing their value and income in natural hair care and braiding. On this platform, we will discuss real hair stories, break myths, and grow in self-love. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode by Natural Hair Education. This episode is brought to you by my very own texture on texture styling course. This styling course allows for you to learn and practice natural hair on a textured hair mannequin. In this course, you will receive ADA, which is our texture hair mannequin, a free mannequin stand, and several different styles that'll get you started to learning and maintaining natural hairstyles. Now, for those of you that are already familiar with performing natural hair services, and just want to get ADA for your own keepsake, You can do that as well. Just click the link in my show notes and it'll take you right there. Hey everyone, welcome back to Natural Hair Education's podcast. On today's episode, we will be talking about the interesting and conflicting conversations on whether or not you should have a license to braid or even do natural hair. So this topic is interesting because there are many people that feel indifferent about both sides on whether you should have a license to braid or do natural hair, or should you not? When it comes to braiding, I believe braiding is a different type of service than natural hairstyling. So braiding is just braiding and does not include actual hairstyling. While on the flip side, natural hairstyling allows for braiding and other types of hair services. So I wanna break this conversation down to be easy to digest so that you will clearly have an answer by the end of this episode. I want to start by explaining first <laughs> that anytime you are performing a service on a paying customer, you are considered to be in the beauty service space and with that comes a lot of responsibility and I want to just go through what some of those responsibilities are first. So when you're practicing any type of hair service or services or whether it's braiding, natural hairstyling, you are putting yourself at risk to a lot of things. And so some of those risks includes the transmitting of bacteria and viruses, um, becoming exposed to, or even exposing others to contagious diseases such as wingworm, head lice, tuberculosis, the common cold. We have COVID-19 now, and there's a few others. But not only that guys, you also have a responsibility to uphold your environment and your space to the state standard. And this is where it starts to get a little tricky and uncomfortable. But I feel it's important that we do have this conversation. So how it works is each state has set in place standards to keep both hair practitioners, whether you're a hairstylist, natural hairstylist, or a braider, and their clients safe. So those agencies include um, the licensing department of that state, whether it's the board of cosmetology. And if it is, and then it will include natural hairstyling, and also braiding. It also includes health departments and other local agencies that are interested in the health and well-being of the community. So they'll have the people's interest at heart and they will try to set up these rules and standards that we are supposed to abide by. And so when violations are made, or let's say a client called the state to complain about a service that you performed, it can cost you. And not just your money, but also your time. Because now you have to prove, you have to respond, you have to do all these things. It's going to pull you away from the things that you want to do. Okay? So that's the first thing first. Um, each state does has this set of standards that they try to lay out for everyone who's in this, the beauty service space. And so that's important. Many of you guys know that I am owner of a cosmetology school that offers programs in cosmetology, natural hair, aesthetics, and nail care. So I always bring the education that I know from experience through my school to you guys. So I do know that when you attend beauty school for cosmetology or natural hair, or even if a school offers braiding, you will learn the standards that are set forth to practice good healthy practices, right? You understand federal agencies such as OSHA, which is the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, and the standards that they set forth within the workplace environment. So this agency has a purpose that is designed to monitor and regulate the workplace so that you, whether you're a braider or a natural hairstylist, can prevent the risk of exposure To infectious diseases because guys let's be real it is real out here in these streets it is serious we don't know what clients do at home we don't know if they're sharing tools with their friends and family members and they come into your space and it is very vital that you analyze a person's hair and scalp and you have a consultation with them before the services begin so that you can understand if they have any issues or, or things of concern, you guys can discuss that. And then from there, take the proper precaution to proceed. But this agency also requires that you keep a safety data sheet um, for each of the products that you use. So for example, if you're using um, a product that you purchase online, or let's say at a store where you, only need, where you have to have a license to shop, you can go to that manufacturer's website and print off a sheet that's gonna give you the breakdown of that product. And in the past, it was called material safety data sheet. They revised it and today it's called just the safety data sheet. Now this sheet allows for you um, to know if there's any hazardous ingredients in the product and also gives you the instructions on how to use the product as well as how to safely store the product. Um, what if someone what to do if someone is experiencing an allergic reaction to the product or has been over exposed or had any overexposure to the products. So these sheets must be obtained by the manufacturer. So what you'll do is go to the website and then you will find the data, the safety data sheets of the products. Now here's the thing. Not all states are very stickular about this things, these things, but if you were to ever get a state board inspection and they were to visit your salon and ask to provide these sheets to them, you must be able to. So just keep that in mind. Um, now, one thing I do like to point out is that, no, the state can't come in and, and watch you perform services and say, oh, that's not right. That's right and that's not right but they can regulate how you keep your environment, whether it's clean and safe and and see if you're following guidelines. Even when it comes to like sanitizing and disinfecting your tools, there is also a standard around that as well. You must use products that have an EPA registration number. And the EPA stands for Environmental Protection Agency, which products must go through if they claim to have the highest level of germicidal, fungicidal, or virucidal disinfectants. These type of products claim to kill bacteria and viruses on working surfaces. So it's important that we're using a certain type of disinfectant to keep our environments and our stations and our work areas clean. That does not mean that you cannot use natural inacceptance. And I know that, you know, like practicing natural hairstyling, a lot of people that practice natural hairstyling also use natural products to keep their environment clean as well but that's another conversation for another day so we now understand that there is a whole world of agencies that have their hands in the beauty service space some say it's not fair because those agencies don't even know about black hair or the black hair service space others believe that it is fair considering anytime you perform a service in exchange for monetary compensation you should be regulated. So that is where the debate takes place. But the question at hand is, do you need a license to braid and do natural hair? So with respect to the natural hair industry and space, I'm going to answer this question separately. Let's start with braiding. I'm not sure if you all know, but there has been a lot of back and forth debates and conversations held around this particular topic, whether a braider should be licensed or not. Many of us believe that braiding is just a natural service, right? It's a natural service that the Black community does. It isn't a service that we are going to school to learn how to do. Some of us may need to, but for a lot of us, it's just natural. It just comes to us naturally. So many years ago, when the boards of cosmetology started to come down on home braiders and in the braiding salons that offer just braiding services, there was a lot of people that disagreed and actually sued the states. Um, Their arguments were why go to cosmetology school to do 1500 plus 100 hours, spend thousands of dollars learning everything from hair color to chemical services just to have a license to braid. They even argue that cos schools didn't even teach hair braiding, which is true. So why even waste the time to go to school for a license that you're not going to use? So after that whole thing went down, um, some states then created programs and then began to regulate um, just hair braiders. Some of those regulations include having some type of training in infection control, which teaches the standards for sanitation and disinfection. And that's mainly what I was trying to get to in the beginning is just to help you understand the importance of keeping the environment safe so other states said yes you can braid but you cannot shampoo hair right you can have people come in and then just braid their hair and that raised a lot of concern, especially to me because now you're allowing someone to braid on unclean hair <laughs> again y'all that's another conversation for another day so my question to you would be and answer this honestly Would you go to a dentist that's unlicensed or would you let a doctor perform surgery on you without being licensed, right? These are questions to ask yourself. And you may say it's not the same, like it ain't the same or there's no comparison, but I want someone for myself. I want someone that has the education about my hair, my skin, and my scalp to perform services on me. Okay. I don't want to just go to Anyone who says, I just have this experience from just doing it. I don't want someone who's just using their skill set as a hustle. I want someone who takes this industry serious and has invested time within themselves to get training. So if you are a braider and you only do services that include braids, my advice would be to check your state regulations to see the requirements for hair braiders. And if your state do not require a license, still take classes, take classes on infection control. So you are at least keeping yourself to a high standard and taking the initiative to keep both you and your clients safe, because it's very, that's very important. Okay. Now let's jump into whether or not a natural hairstylist should have a license to do natural hair services. I'm going to be clear with you guys. I'm just going to come out and just say yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Now, whether your state offers a single program specifically for natural hairstyling or even not, you have to check and see, but I feel that the reason is yes, because you need to know and understand hair types and textures. You need to understand the chemical composition of the hair, the hair shaft, the hair structure breakdown, products, ingredients, gap disorders, gap diseases, causes of hair loss, and like so much more, y'all. It's so much. And if you're going to be helping clients or others, you know, other people enhance their physical appearance through natural hairstyling, then you should be very well educated, in my opinion. If you are in cosmetology school or already a natural hairstylist but did not go to school for natural hair education... I have programs that will help enhance your knowledge and education. Now, I'm not trying to push my programs or sell you guys a pitch. You can find any program in your area or online. But what I want to stress to you is that you owe it to yourself and your clients. You owe the education to yourself and your clients. And also, you want to be able to set standards for yourself and your clients. Now, we all know that the black hair care industry is a lucrative industry y'all I mean it's money all over it (laughs) and it's also saturated it's saturated with, with with many people that are claiming to be professionals or beauty pros and to niche it down there are people that are claiming to be braiders or natural hairstylists but where can they show you that they have invested in themselves in the industry to improve what they already know Okay, I'll wait. And I'm saying this because if someone if someone wants to offer you a a dental service and they were unlicensed, you will quickly de- decline that service. You be like, "No, nah, I can't," because you don't know what you're doing. You ain't got your license. Now you may have been to school, but you didn't follow all the way through. So I'm not coming to you. But to sum it up, guys, I just believe that this overall industry should be regulated. And I believe in regulation because I believe in regulations. It sets standards. And standards have to be met. And it will allow for more professionalism. I believe it will allow for those who qualify to be a part of the industry can be a part of the industry and it just gives the overall industry a respectable image. Now who hold these standards? Now that can be discussed because I also believe that braiding and natural hairstyling is an art created and used predominantly by the black race and it should also be regulated by individuals that look like us that have been in this industry for quite some time because we have the the experience we have the know-how we've been doing it for so long and what's happening right now is that those who are regulating the beauty industry um let's say specifically the black hair industry don't look like us. They don't look like us. They don't have the hair textures that we have. So it's kind of like a guessing game or they're asking questions or they're doing research, trying to find out, but they don't have the first-hand education or knowledge about what it takes to have natural hair, how to do natural hair or braiding, any of those things. So I do believe that this industry needs a do-over. <laughs> it needs a do-over and it needs to include a lot more people that look like us, that have hair like us, that talk like us that are us okay so that's my opinion on this i do believe in regulations and if your state does not have a license for your specific niche make sure you seek out the education to at least become knowledgeable in that area okay guys so please let me know if you enjoyed this episode if you agreed or even disagree with the licensing regulations let me know i would love to hear from you Make sure you leave a comment, follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast, and until next time, let's continue to educate, empower, and embrace our essence through the love of natural hair. Thank you guys for listening.